0: Hello and welcome back to the Red and Blue podcast. Today I'm joined by the progressive activist Phoebe Milhildon and the conservative expert Salem Sanders. Okay let's start with the first question. Was there a noticeable red wave during the midterms? Did the republicans underperform? Why why might republicans have done worse than expected?
1: plenty of mistakes, but the one that hurt the most was nominating too many lousy candidates who courted Donald Trump more than they did voters. Quote, Millions of Americans quote, found GOP candidates too extreme, which resulted in Republicans nearly breaking even among independents who should have been easy to win over with a convincing economic message. Doug Mastriano, the far-right gubernatorial nominee in Pennsylvania, pleased the MAGA crowd but, quote, hurt GOP candidates up and down the ballot. Wall Street Journal editorial Trump is highly effective at motivating infrequent GOP voters and winning the intense loyalty of his base. Then again, Trump has also alienated an even larger group of voters. including many swing voters and the GOP suffered for that on Tuesday as the red wave they dreamed of failed to materialize democracy was the top issue among women over 65, the biggest group to swing to the Democrats, and the key group to stopping the red wave. So, maybe Donald Trump's campaign appearances in the week leading up to the vote, and teasers about his 2024 presidential run, helped the Democrats more than the GOP.
2: Despite what the left-leaning media says, the Republicans still did win the House, flipping nine House seats. This victory will allow conservative politicians to launch investigations into the Biden administration and have a larger say in policymaking. It also gives us conservatives a powerful voice in one of the chambers, as before, they lacked a majority in either chamber. Yes, Trump's endorsed candidates did do quite poorly, but DeSantis has cemented himself as a fantastic presidential candidate, and the GOP is slowly being cleansed of Trump's toxic influence. DeSantis' 20-point re-election victory in Florida makes him the night's biggest winner. His combination of conservative reform populism with mannered managerial competence offers a model of how to build a majority party in a one-swing state. These midterms have been extremely successful for us Republicans and have shown us a bright future.
0: Okay, great insights from the two parties, but now let's go to the next questions. Regarding uh, the election of Tony DeLuca, what do you think should happen with the special election? Do you think the voters didn't know that DeLuca had died uh, a month before the election? Were low-information voters a problem during the midterms? How might this be a problem? How might this problem be solved?
2: So, uh, Representative Tony DeLuca, who represented a district in Pennsylvania, died in early October. And his election was won by a getting 85% of the vote. He was a Democratic candidate. Most experts agree that the cause of this was not due, or was due to low voter awareness and a lack of informed voters. This is not uncommon among Democratic voters, and why they are so successful as of recently. The rise of mail-in voting has allowed voting to become too easy. Voters can just vote party line without a second thought, which is demonstrated by the election of a dead candidate, Tony DeLuca. Democrats are much more successful using mail-in voting to mobilize voters and is a large reason for their recent success in 2020 and 2022 elections. While the DeLuca case applies to Democrats, Republicans are also guilty of low awareness voting, but it happens far less frequently. Areas where the Democratic Party has strong roots have a culture where voting is an obligation. This means that even 18-year-olds who couldn't care less about politics are voting uninformed for the Democratic Party. This culture doesn't really exist among Republicans and puts them at a disadvantage. A way to increase voter awareness is to make the voting process more intentional. One of the ways to do this is to remove mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots make it so that people can vote with no effort and requires no conscious thought or intention. Preparing a person to make to take the time to go to and wait at a polling station in order to vote gives the voters more intention additionally they are more likely to research their candidates beforehand to make sure they really want to make the time commitment
1: first of all Republicans did the same thing in 2018, when a brothel owner, Dennis Hoff, was posthumously elected in the Nevada Senate, so in no way could you claim that only Democrats are low on voter awareness. Second, I'm sure many of the voters were aware of Representative DeLuca's death and knew that, after the midterms, a special election would be held to determine who would be elected, which could possibly introduce a stronger Democratic candidate. If I were in that position, I would also vote for DeLuca, then... And then choose another democratic candidate during the special election. I would I, along with many other democrats, would rather try my luck with a second election than automatically elect a Republican candidate. I would also say that most voters, Democrat and Republican, are not low information voters. During these midterms, Democrats held on to the Senate and minimized damage in the House due to high Democratic turnout. This turnout is fueled by issues such as repro- reproductive rights, abortion, and the extremism of the right. Additionally, Republican voters also displayed high voter awareness and were motivated by rising inflation, immigration, and crime.
0: For the next question, we have, should Trump become the next Republican nominee left?
1: Trump is a dangerous man who sets a dangerous precedent in American politics. As former president Donald Trump considers launching another bid for the White House, more than six in 10 Americans do not want him to run in 2024, according to a new PBS poll. And while Trump's possession of more than 10,000 government documents at Florida at his Florida home, seems not to have changed the minds of his steady supporters, a plurality of Americans thinks he has done something illegal. After seven years of being dominated by Trump, the GOP is finally recognizing its need for a smarter, shrewder, more effective leader. It also needs a leader less ruthless and vengeful, one who knows there is more to leadership than rewarding friends and punishing foes. Compared with Trump, DeSantis is a dramatic improvement in some areas, but Republicans can do better. Trump and DeSantis are both radical, but in different ways. Trump is more nationalistic and radical in his views about the election steal and his immigration policy. DeSantis is a more classic conservative. He believes in a fair democracy. However, DeSantis is radical in his views on social issues. Trump may have supported abortion bans and marriage regulation, but DeSantis pushes it more extremely. His radical stance may alienate moderates, but then again, it may be a better better alternative for them than Trump's stance on electoral fraud.
0: Okay,
2: great argument. Sullen? Trump's entrance into the race for the the Republican presidential nomination poses existential questions for the Republican Party itself. Since last week's midterm elections, failed to produce an an expected red wave, leaving the Senate in Democratic hands and the House barely under GOP control, the primary landscape has shifted. Time is also on DeSantis' side. By 2028, when Trump would be constitutionally barred from running even if he won this time and 82 years old, either way, DeSantis will only be 50. As a Republican, on one side I have Trump, a leader who excels at culture war, capacity trolling liberals, personalizing political disputes, and playing to the mob. On the other hand, I have DeSantis, a leader who supplies all that plus a respectable governance record. For example, his insistence on keeping schools open and issuing mandates while strongly promoting vaccines and protecting the elderly was an eminently defensible strategy.
0: For our last questions we have, is the Stop Steel Steal movement valid? Is it dangerous?
1: No, the Stop the Steal campaign includes significant milestones as groups across the spectrum of radicalization coalesced around the disinformation driving movement. Though the movement was unsuccessful in its ultimate goal of maintaining Trump's power by explicitly anti-democratic means, it was successful in expanding the reach of election-related misinformation, as well as hardening many Americans already on the path to radicalization or dangerous adherence to outright conspiracy theories. The latter is a long-term challenge of pervasive domestic extremism in the United States.
0: Uh.
2: This movement is a dangerous campaign that not just caused terror to the democratic system in the U.S., it was also used against the right as a scapegoat. This movement does not represent the integrity and virtuous values of the right. They are created by malicious individuals who dragged our name and reputation into it. I have to agree with my partner here, Phoebe, that it was a terrible movement, but our representation in, left- in leftist media has been completely unfair and untrue. Thank you. Okay, this
0: uh, wraps up our podcast. I hope the viewers enjoyed the both uh, the opinions of our, uh, of our guest. And now we say goodbye from the Blue and Red podcast. Thank you, Bruno. Thank
1: you, Bruno.
2: Slim Sanders here. Before we finish the podcast, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Gatorade. Gatorade makes sports drinks with plenty of electrolytes to keep you hydrated properly. To get a discount on any Gatorade products online, make sure to use code Blue. That's all lowercase, red, and blue. Thank you, and have a great day.